Regardless of how we find ourselves in the world of divorce, the one thing we have complete control over is how we behave from here on out. We have two choices. One is to remain stuck in the stories, the anger and pain. And the other is to take a breath, adjust our sail to the wind, and work harder than ever before to create a new story for our children, for ourselves, and for the world around us. It's your choice, your work, but I'll be in your corner. Welcome to In Your Corner Divorce Podcast. My name is Carly Israel, and I am your host. Today, I have the privilege of talking with Chris King, co-parenting life coach. I met her online, and she has an awesome website called HealthyCoParenting.com, which I'll put in the episode notes. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Chris is a mother, a divorcee, and a nurse, and a co-parenting life coach. Chris, will you tell me, before we get into your professional side, about your experience with marriage and divorce? Absolutely. So I am a divorced mother of four. Um, I was previously married. We got married very young in college and it didn't work out. And we struggled for the first seven to eight years trying to figure out, you know, this new concept of how do we still have this relationship with one another for the kids, but do it in a healthy manner to where, you know, we're doing what's best for them. Can you give me an example of like some of the struggles you guys would have? Absolutely. Just struggles with school, what schools to put them in, where we would live. You know, we were met in college, so we were from two different places. Whose family would we, you know, have the kids spending holidays with? Just different things like that. And as they got older, they're teenagers now. So now it's when can they date? Can they wear makeup? Even now with the pandemic, can they go to school or are they going to be virtual? You know, these are the things you have to learn how to work together on. And in order to be able to work together through those things, we had to develop a healthy relationship with one another first. That's massive. And like all the things you were talking about. So the things that we're going to discuss, obviously, um, that you do with your clients about helping them initially is super important. But what you just mentioned about your own kids, all the things that you don't even consider and that you can't even think about when you're in the middle of the process of divorce, which is why coaches like you and I are really helpful because I didn't know that I needed to have in there that all the birthdays should be together if possible because the kids want to see both of their parents on their birthday. And those are really important things to have in there. Um, Will you tell me with your kids that you have today, um, how have they done with the divorce? So when we got divorced, they were younger. And so it was kind of their normal, unfortunately, to live in between two homes and you know go back and forth with dad and mom. But as they became older, like I mentioned, we had uh, teenage girls, they were able to have more of a say. And we both agreed and allowed them to have more of a say and how they wanted to be co-parented. So tell me what that looked like. Did you, what did you say to them? How did you give that you know, opportunity for them? So we spoke first, him and I spoke first and kind of said what we would like to do and how, you know, if we thought any changes were needed, but we also spoke on the possibility of, well, what if they want something different? 
So once we had that conversation, we sat and talked with the girls and kind of just asked like, hey, you know, we've been doing this for quite some time. How do you feel about it? Do you like the process? You know, do you like going this long, you know, going a week with your dad and not seeing Are you mom? a week on and week off? We are. We are Friday to Friday. Yes, since so every the beginning, Friday. Since the beginning, that's what you've been and you've never changed. No, we were different first. We were kind of, they were more with me first and saw him more weekends. And then we actually switched because I have two sets of kids. My first two with my first marriage, my second two with my second marriage. And so when I was having my second set of kids kind of switch where they were with him more actually, and I was the weekend mom. And I teach my clients that it's not about gender or gender roles. It's about what's best for the children at the time. I love so I'm that. a big advocate for that. And so the girls spoke about how they want equal time. And they were like, you know, we really like equal time. We don't want to have to miss our other siblings for so long because they wow. have other siblings from both of us. That's really cool that they wanted to be with their other siblings. It's Absolutely. usually the exact opposite. And the fact that that just is so telling about you and your co-parent that you guys are doing a great job, that everyone's feeling safe and they want to have both of you. Absolutely. And one of the biggest things that I speak about, which people think I'm crazy and I tell them it's possible, is about making the best decision for the children. Now, something that I did that I felt was the best decision for the girls was moved down the street from my ex-husband and his current wife. I, and, I know that people think that's crazy. Yeah. I live four blocks away from mine on purpose. Yep. Because as you know, they forget everything. They Absolutely. Forget, they forget their medication. They forget their, whatever it is that they need, they forget it. Absolutely. Especially teenagers. Oh my goodness. And having that closeness that they can ride their bike or walk, or when one of my kids has a tantrum and he wants to go see his dad because I'm the worst parent ever, he can like fake escape and leave. And I know he's safe because he's just going down the street. Absolutely. And people are like, well, why did you have to be the one to move? Why did I'm like, why not? You know, him, like I said, he, I co-parent with my ex-husband and his wife. She yeah. is part of our co-parenting unit as well. And I they love had, that you said that. And they had built their home. So they were in their forever home. Why wouldn't I leave and move to make it easier on my children? Like you said, my girls can bike back and forth from our house if they forget something like teenagers do. And they don't have to say to their friends, Hey, I can't hang out. I'm going to my mom's for the weekend. For the whole weekend. Say, I can't oh, come by my you. mom's house instead right. or come by my dad's house instead. And the question that you just brought up when people say, why are you the one that had to move? That's a question coming from a place of resentment Absolutely. and anger and not choosing what's best for the kids. Choose, it's scorekeeping. And the scorekeeping, I got to tell you, because I have been, a, I was a scorekeeper for years. Couple of things. No one ever asks you the score. Nobody cares what the score is. And you never get a reimbursement for whatever it is that you think you're keeping track of. Absolutely. So all it does is keep you stuck. So I think that's a perfect transition into tell me about how you became a co-parenting life coach, why, and what you do with your clients. So when I decided to go ahead and make the move, just to make it simpler, like I said, our kids ride the same exact bus, regardless of whose house they are in. They have friends in you know, our neighborhoods. Everything is in our small community in Texas. And so 
a lot of people would start questioning like, well, why'd you do this? Or why'd you do that? And then they'd say, how long have you guys been co-parenting? Well, what do you think about this? So they would just kind of start asking me for advice. And I got into it that way where I would be on the phone for hours with people <laughs> talking about their situation and asking me about my experiences. And the one where I finally decided to go ahead and get into it, one of my friends was asking me about my experience with mediation. And I know with him and I, we wasted so much money in mediation because it was hourly. It was about $250 an hour and it was from each of us. He had to pay $250 an hour. I had to pay $250 an hour. And at least two of those hours could have been saved had we done some pre-meditate, uh, pre-mediation you know, counseling with one another. I will top your two fifty an hour with a twelve thousand dollar bill on my side. Oh my! Okay, God. I wanted to do mediation. I wanted to do. Um, I didn't know it was called mediation. I wanted to have one lawyer to just figure everything out. And his family started whispering in his ears, and he hired another lawyer. I don't know how much he spent. All I can tell you is, we walked. Both of us walked away broke, exhausted, miserable, angry, licking our wounds. And absolutely, in my document was not the information I needed to have in there. And so I'm so glad you brought that up because the amount of, forget all the other pain, just the money that you're going to waste. Yes. And then you take away the money and then you figure out that question, what is best for the children? Absolutely. So and that's you, everyone was offered, asking you and you're like, yeah, I, need I to offer that to my clients. I do kind of a pre-mediation because I am a big advocate for mediation. If Me you too. can, if you guys can agree without letting the courts tell you what to do with your child, that's the best way. And so I offer a pre-mediation and I have them write down things and come to agreements because if you go in with certain things you already agree to, you can just let the mediator know, hey, we're okay with these topics. We agree on these points. Let's focus on the things we don't agree on. Yes. And you know, before we were recording, man, you were talking about, here's what I know. In a perfect world, we get mom and dad or mom and mom or dad and dad or whoever's getting a divorce. They make the decision. None of the, the reason is our business. We don't really even care. Okay. Absolutely. If they make that decision together or not together, but it's happening, they both say, our biggest fear is we don't want to mess up our kids because of our divorce. They hire a coach like us and they get a mediator and they sit down and they figure out all the things that are the most important and they focus on it together. It is like a diamond to find two willing partners. But I always tell my clients, you still can have a North Star divorce or a beautiful co-parenting relationship, even if you're the only one who wants it, because you have the power to take the high road and to, like when I went through my divorce, Michelle Obama was talking about taking the high road. And I was like, yes. And I said, there's no traffic up here because yes. all there is is high road and nothing else. And so can you speak on your experience with clients who might not have a willing partner, but still need your help? Absolutely. So most of the time, that is what you run into. You always find someone who either doesn't want the situation or tries to purposefully make it difficult. And I actually like when my client is the one trying to make it difficult because at least I can speak into that client and have them really look at how it's affecting the children. Yes. And when I tell them, they, they look at it as they are either winning or losing. Yes. But I tell them, if you focus so much on winning, your child is the one who loses. Yes. Like you have to just think what is best for the child. Regardless Do you say if that again? Makes. If you focus 
Say it again. If you focus on winning, your child is the one who loses. Yes. Like, Can I just tell I, you, I hear couples or individuals say, I got the best lawyer who is going to kick his or her yes. ass and is going to rob him. And I'm like, who do you think you're robbing? Absolutely. Like, how, who, whose bank do you think you're robbing? Like, Absolutely. what is your goal? If your goal is just to get money, this was the wrong, um, you know, investment to make because you have these children that we think are just on digital and not paying attention, but they feel and they hear and they know it all. Absolutely. Um, will you tell me what do you think are the main struggles and helpful areas that you work with clients on besides mediation? Like what are the big ticket items that are consistent for you? The, the main two are boundaries, communication. I'll say three boundaries, communication, and healing. Okay. Those are the three I literally work with every single client on boundaries, communication, and healing. Will you briefly take us through them? Yes. So healing, I believe, is the first one. If you are not healed, if you are bitter, if you are resentful, you can never have a healthy relationship, period. Not just co-parenting. You can't even have a healthy parent-child relationship if you are unhealed. Yes, because the stuff comes out. You look at your kid, you get mad about something that their parent did. And then you are like, well, I could do that, but I can't do that because blah, blah, blah. And then they're just like, I just wanted to go to the park. You know Absolutely. Like, so like I've had awesome. clients, I will be sitting there and their kid will, you know, come in and say something and they'll make a statement. Oh, they get that from their dad. Oh, oh that's the, I'm like, you cannot do that ever. You cannot do that. <laughs> so I have two rules, only two massive rules that if you don't follow, I will not work with you. One of them is that where you are not allowed to speak negatively about their parent. I don't care. I mean, I've had, I get along with my co-parent 90% of the time. And then the other 10%, I think about like him falling from an airplane like, because that's what happens, right? Like we get really upset. And so when I'm feeling those, those thoughts, the last people on earth that need to know them are my children. Absolutely. And so with the healing, you work with clients to help them realize that they need to let go of their stuff or else it's going to ruin everything. Absolutely. And I offer on my website, um, healthycoparenting.com, there is a free healing worksheet that kind of takes you through different forms of healing because everyone learns differently. So obviously there's therapy, there's coaches, but there's also music meditation. There's also, you know, yoga. There's also, you know, different forms of healing and things that you can do. And I list them all on that healing worksheet. So that's a huge one. And that's why I offer it for free on my website, because I think everybody can heal. Chris, <laughs> I'm already feeling healing. like light bulbs going off that we need to do like a workshop together because I feel Absolutely. like when I think about it, so 50% of marriages end in divorce, right? Nobody getting married. I got married. I've gotten married twice. I'm with my current lovely, amazing husband, who I hope is my last. Um, and no one enters into that marriage thinking this is not going to work out. And when it doesn't, it is shocking for all the different reasons. And the focus is never on what's best for the children, even though that's one of our main fears. So I think that there's so many, not only like when I started, I thought, oh, we're going to be able, able to help kids and the clients. And then someone else points it out. It's not just kids and the clients. It's the kids and their, the classmates that they're with, because when they are hurting at home, they're going to hurt other people at school. It's their future 
spouses or relationships. It's their future kids. It's their kids' future kids. So we're literally making a decision that's going to affect our unborn grandchildren. And how we, because my grandmother, when I told her, and she's a Holocaust survivor, and she said the worst thing that ever happened to her was not the Holocaust. It was growing up in a, a home where the, her parents hated each other. They got divorced when she was an adult and they made her life miserable at holidays and any events because they would not be in the same room. So my other rule is you are, if you're at an event, like, a, like pretend there's not COVID and there's a sporting event or a concert, you must sit near each other. Oh, absolutely. You're not allowed to make your children look over here and then over there for you. Yes. I think that comes with healing. Yeah. That comes with healing. When you're healed, you can all sit together at games. Um, our daughter, our youngest daughter is plays every sport known to man. <laughs> and we're right there and we're all together. We are her cheering section. Right. Because like, she only has one second to look up to see if you caught that. Absolutely. Her dad to look in two different directions. The only reason why that, why that should happen is selfish parents. Absolutely. I agree. So and between, I know go ahead. With, with that, I wanted to speak on real quick and we'll cut back to it. When people are dealing with the divorce, because I speak on co-parenting, but that also entails divorce, single parenting, blended families. When people are debating whether to go or stay, I am not an advocate for divorce. But Me what neither. I tell them is that children will be hurt long-term more by staying for them if the situation is toxic. Yes. So before I made the decision for my divorce, I literally Googled, should I stay for my kids? And that was then like, and I went through that miserable process that we all have gone through to get to that place that we've gotten to. And you're so right. Um, one of the things I do, I don't, I, it sounds like you do this with your clients as well. I do a session called figuring it out for people who, you know, they come to you because they're like, they know, and they're like, I'm sure you're just going to tell me to get a divorce, but I don't know what to do. And I'm like, first of all, I do not advocate divorce. Absolutely. Even if you work your ass off and you do all this stuff, it's still hard. Yes. It's still painful. It's still lonely. It's still expensive. It's still a lot of work. And I actually believe if there's 1% of each of you that wants the marriage to work, then you work your butts off in, until you know. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Yes. Between the next two, boundaries and communication, which one's next? Communication is next. And I okay. think that's just a given for, again, any situation, whether it's co-parenting, even if you're married and trying to communicate, even I'm learning, dealing with teenagers, <laughs> communicating. Communication is just huge. And miscommunication can lead to misunderstandings. Yes. And it can cause problems that don't need to be there. And one big thing I tell my clients is never communicate something super important through text. Oh my God. Because you can hear your ex's voice in the most unpleasant manner. Absolutely. And when my ex writes my name in a text, like Carly, it's never pleasant in my head. And so I've made a rule with us that we are not allowed to do anything emotional via text or email. It needs yes. to be... Um, can I talk to you? Is there a time later today or tomorrow that we can talk? Because it's not fair to open up that emotional storm at times when you are not ready for it. Absolutely. So, so how yes. do you like your clients to communicate? I like them to communicate in person if they can, if there's time where you're, you know, exchanging the kids, where you have a little time to talk for a minute, if they can get there 10 minutes early before pickup time, that's great. If not on the on the phone, you know, if you call, text them, hey, do you have a minute so we can discuss this really quick? 
you know, video if you're long distance. That's always good, but never through text. Now, just normal appointments and things. We use a parenting app, even though we co-parent perfectly. Just to keep it. Just like to altogether. keep that consistency and all together. We can each look. If he puts something in, I can see it. If I put something in, he can see it. Because with us doing 50-50, I may make an appointment, but it may fall on his time. So he what needs to What parenting app do you like? We like App Close. App Close. Yep, A-P-P-E-C-L-O-S-E. -E. There's so many cool things out there. Um, and I'm always, I hope I remain a student always because they're going to keep coming up with new awesome absolutely, things. Absolutely, absolutely. But I um, love it. I love App Close. Tell me about boundaries. Whew, boundaries is tough. And it's even tougher after they've already been divorced and came to you because they've probably been doing unhealthy habits <laughs> since then. I think boundaries should always be there, even in the marriage, but to establish new boundaries, I think that should be established while going through the divorce. I love that. Tell me about it. So I have to let clients know if you're going to go through a divorce, you need to be fully engaged and aware. And the emotional part has to be, you know, separated as much as you can. So I personally advocate for living in two separate homes while going through a divorce. If because possible. We were not able impossible. to because his lawyer wouldn't let him because then it would be considered abandoning the kids, even though I was not going to sue him for that. Right. But you're so right because we had to live together for seven months while we were selling our dream home that we built. And that Absolutely. was extremely challenging. And so, it's not even about you. I mean, it is, but my focus more is the, what did those kids live through for that seven months? The anxiety, yes. the walking on eggshells. Why is dad knowing... sleeping in this room? Why Absolutely. is dad sleeping in this room? Like, should I even invite friends over because they're going to see my parents in two separate rooms or my parents, yes. it's cold in here because everyone's, oh, you know, it, staring it was cold. at each other. We yeah. didn't need air conditioning. <laughs> so I think that's just more for the kids. Why, why make them go through that environment just because the adults, you know, it didn't work out for the adults. So I absolutely think you should live in two separate places if possible. I also think any intimacy should stop. Oh yes. Oh my God. Now, if you're going to try to work it out, then do that. Try to work it out. But my if you favorite know, is when a client's like, we're fighting all the time, but he just texted me for sex. And I was like, that's going to be so confusing for yes, everyone. For everyone, not just for the people involved. Right. Obviously that, that is confusing for you emotionally, but even for your children, that's confusing. Yes. Yes. And I just don't think that's a good idea because if one person feels like they're moving on and they just use that as comfort, the other person may feel like, oh, well, we're going to try to work something out. And it just sends mixed signals. That's like the worst thing you can do. Possibly. Absolutely. What, other, another, what other new boundaries? Another big thing that I speak on is keeping the same boundaries you would as if you moved on. So sometimes we go through the divorce, we're divorced and you're co-parenting and you kind of get too relaxed. So your co-parent has a key, they kind of come and go. You come home and your co-parents, they're hanging out with the kids. Oh my and goodness. And while that sounds good. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> I'm sorry, that does not sound good. Some people think that sounds good, especially my clients who have younger kids. Yes. But I'm like, you have to think about this. What if he found his new wife? What if you found your new husband? Could you keep that the same for your kids? 
And if you couldn't, now your kids have to go through yet another change. Of, yes. Oh, well, dad always came and hung out with us till 11. And Why isn't he, he now? Why right. can't he do that now? And so now they build a resentment towards your new partner before ever getting to know them because yes. they think, well, it's changing because they came along. Yes. Yes. You have to have those same boundaries as if you're moving on because you don't want to take the kids through that many changes. So you and your co-parent live very close, just like we do. Yes. And you tell me that your co-parent's new wife is part of your family of co-parenting. Absolutely. Tell me how you manage that closeness while keeping it healthy and having boundaries. Well, I, again, I set boundaries. I don't text or call after a certain time, obviously, unless there's an emergency. With us having teenagers, it's a little easier because they have their own phones. You know, if there's something that I really need to say, I'll send it through the app so that they can see it. Um, I include them both on everything, on all of the kids' school forms and things. We are all listed on the medical. We are all listed. So no one has to feel like they have to come to me to get some information. No, their stepmother can access all information as well as me. And then again, all kids are included. So, you know, they have a child together. And when it's his birthday, I'll make sure to get a gift from me and my younger two kids for, for their son. Thank you, you know. for speaking about that. I want our listeners to hear, and I'm, sh I'm pretty sure I know your answer. Father's Day and Mother's Day, you suck it up and you buy something and you make your kids write a picture. You can spend $20. It doesn't matter. It's not about what the person's receiving. It's about what your kids are seeing. Yes. And that is a huge thing. If you look on my, um, it's on my website. It's also on my Facebook social media for this Mother's Day. I did a blog about how us biological moms can help the stepmoms feel welcome by including them. Now, of course, in parenting agreements, the girls are always with me on Mother's Day. Right. But we took about 30 minutes out this Mother's Day. I wrote her a letter thanking her for being in my girl's life. And we went over and took her a gift and they were able to say happy Mother's Day and things like that. And that didn't take anything away from me as a mother. No. It gave, it gave you because what your girls got to see was their mother being a woman of dignity and grace. And that if down the road, God forbid, they end up in a marriage where it doesn't work out, they know how to behave. Absolutely. And Absolutely. That's, that's, I mean, our real job is to be role models and to raise good adults. And you know, when I knew that I was doing something right, when my son, who at the time was like eight, said to me, he saw me doing something. He goes, I hope when I get divorced that my ex-wife is as nice as you are. And I was like, um, I handle all of that. Like, A, I hope you don't have to get divorced. And B, thank you. Right. That is what you do. And it's not just for show. And maybe for some people, it has to be the first few times they do it. Yeah. But you just get into that habit of always including them, you know? Or there would be some times before we had went to 50-50, where that Mother's Day falls on the Sunday and it was time to transition over. And he's like, oh, I know it's Mother's Day, but the kids are supposed to be back with me. And I'm like, no, that's fine. I said, we'll do a, a Mother's Day lunch. And then that way I can get them to you and you can celebrate your wife at a Mother's Day dinner. And we do the same with birthdays. I know you mentioned birthdays before. We do the same. We kind of half it or we'll say, oh, I'm going to come and pick, you know, our daughter up for a birthday lunch and then I'll drop her back off. You know, we are very accommodating. Are there anything since your daughters are older now that they've told you that um, you've adapted because of what they told you that they wanted? 
Absolutely. Uh, me moving was partly because of what my daughter said. That's um, awesome. My daughter made a comment. She didn't ask me to move, but she was like, you know, it just really sucks. You know, when I have to tell my best friend, I'll miss the party because I'll be at my mom's. And then it makes them not want to be at your house, which is not Absolutely. the feeling that anyone wants. And we weren't ever even that far. We've always tried to stay close, but it wasn't walking distance close. Yeah. And so that was a huge factor, just her coming into being a teenager. Yeah. And having, I know as teenagers, that means the world to them, being around their friends. Yes. And so when she kind of said that, kind of like, oh, yeah, it kind of sucks. I was like, no, we don't have to live like this. I'm so impressed with you. I have two questions for you, and then you can go back to nursing and saving the world. Um, <laughs> Here's an interesting one. What clients will you not work with? I will not work with clients who practice um, parental alienation. Oof. I just tell, tell my listeners about that. Parental alienation, in my opinion, is abuse to your children and to your other parent. Yes. That is not okay. Not getting child support is not a reason for parental oh, alienation. Oh my goodness. Especially in this season, there are so many people out of work jobs and out of work but they have time now so how about instead of money they dedicate more time i can pick the kids up more i can do this for them more you know barter what they can do versus what they can't do that is never a reason for a parent not to see their child can you give me an example of how someone could alienate the other parent what you're talking about so the people that don't know the phrase what it what it means so parental alienation is basically keeping your child from their other parent for whatever reason. Um, one example that I dealt with was a parent agreeing to a vacation. The other parent paid for the vacation and all this. Well, come to find out they were taking their new girlfriend on the vacation as well. And my client found out and she's like, well, the kids don't want to go. They don't want to do that. And I'm like, well, no, that's not fair. I was like, for one, he made sure to make it on his time. And for two, you have spoken about this and he's paid for it. Right. And so when it was time for him to get the children, she just didn't answer the phone. And who's winning in there? Absolutely. Who, who's winning? Another form, I believe, of parental alienation is when you speak down on the other yes. parents and make the children feel like you shouldn't want to be over there. Yes, and or so now, what he did or what she's doing. Absolutely. And so now it's coming from the kids saying, oh, dad, I don't want to come this weekend, but it's because of your influence. Yes. Because you're the most influential people in their life. I, I know. Absolutely. I know a story where the mother has alienated the father so much that the daughters don't even want to be near their dad yes and it's so what i don't know what the mom is thinking clearly there's something blocking her but what she's going to do is she's raising two young women who are going to hate their father have relationship issues for the rest of their life and probably never get over that absolutely but what people don't see is when you teach them to either lie or when you teach them to hate that's eventually going to show up and be directed towards you. Oh, yeah. It'll come right back like a boomerang. It'll come right back to you. I, I'm so glad you spoke on that. And then my last question, because I could probably talk to you for hours, is <laughs> what advice do you have for any listeners who are considering the, their options about how to go about this? Do they really need a coach? Can they do mediation without it? What advice do you have? I would advise them to do one session. 
And even if they don't want to go ahead and pay, get on my website, get on um, your yeah. site, get on different people's sites who have blogs. I have blogs and I have podcasts and videos and at least listen to those things and take in the free things. And if you feel like those freebies help Are you with day, do one session. Tell me the name of your podcast because I'm going to um, post it along with your website. It's Healthy Co-Parenting and Relationships with Miss Chris. Oh, I am so exciting. I am so excited about all of this. I feel like I just stumbled upon a gem with you. I'm so <laughs> grateful for your time and all you're putting out into the universe. And I hope we get to work together. Absolutely. Thanks, Chris. Have a wonderful day. I got so much from you. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. For any listeners out there who want help with divorce coaching, please contact me at inyourcornercoach at gmail.com. Remember, we get to write this next chapter for our kids, for ourselves, and the world around us. Have a great day.